Blog Talk Radio. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas, you're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One with LaVar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio. Radio Nation, welcome back. It is Friday again, and you are tuned in to page one with LaVar and Mary. I am LaVar, and joining me tonight uh, from, you know, normally every week or every other week, uh, we will chat about weather. Uh, we'll actually kind of do that for a few minutes tonight because there is at least one person that is, well, at least that you're hearing tonight, that is experiencing something that is going on uh, as of 6.40 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. The temperature on weather.com out in Las Vegas was at 112 degrees and sunny, not partly cloudy. Um, evening temperature around 103 overnight, 91 degrees. There's an excessive heat warning going on out in the West, and my wonderful friend Mary is here. How are you coping? Uh, I am in a very light pair of shorts and a tank top and hoping for the best in air conditioning right underneath a fan. Like, Hmm. it really is hot. I think the current temperature is – well, the current temperature at my house. Let's do it this way. The current temperature at my house is 108. Hmm. Uh, for those of you listening to us out in the West, I know California, Southeast California, uh, this from the National Weather Service with the excessive heat warning until Sunday at 8 o'clock uh, Pacific time. Uh, they are recommending that you execute a pre-planned activity, uh, identify it in their instructions, but uh, the affected area are portions of Northwest Arizona, Southeast California, Southern Nevada, an excessive heat warning remains in effect until 8 p.m. on Sunday with dangerously hot conditions that will continue. Temperatures are likely to exceed record uh, records both for highs and lows for many locations. Uh, it will also significantly increase the potential for heat-related impacts such as dehydration, hyperthermia, heat cramps, heat stroke, and exhaustion, particularly for those participating in outdoor activities or those without access to adequate cooling extreme risk of injury or death for those left in vehicles. That's the other important thing. And, of course, we don't have to tell you, but drink plenty of fluids, not alcoholic, because that's not going to help you. Stay in air-conditioned rooms. Stay out of the sun. Check up on relatives and neighbors. Young children and pets should never be left unattended in vehicles under any circumstances. Uh, And they do say that if you work or spend time outside, uh, when possible, reschedule those strenuous activities to early morning or evening and know the signs and symptoms of heat exhaustion and heat stroke. Wear lightweight and loose-fitting clothing when possible to re- reduce that risk during outdoor work. Um, it is no joke, 
and I am pretty sure you can attest to that over the last few days. I mean, normally it gets hot there, uh, but in this extensive, like, consecutive days, I mean, you've lived out there for quite a while. When's the last time has it really been this bad? Last year. <laughs> 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 okay, <laughs> all joking aside, I mean, yes, they we do end up having a lot of consecutive triple-digit days, but nothing in the teens for long periods of time. So we may get up to 108, 109, um, but right. tend to hover around, like, somewhere between 100 and 105 and like right now where it is well we've dropped a degree we're at 107 or right around okay and for the the people that use the uh the what the metric system it'd be what 40 ish 42 ish um so i'm sorry for my conversion but just it's hot it really is just hot and air conditioners um, swamp coolers, bottles of water, hoses, anything that anyone can do to stay cool is what's happening right now. And, um, yeah, So and there's a lot of, like, sitting in the dark, surprisingly, having all the lights out, having all the blinds drawn, having, you know, like the fans on, help. And then on top of that, I know this is going to sound weird, but – I don't have my AC turned down to like 35. My AC is turned down to 80 degrees Fahrenheit. But comparatively, I go outside for five seconds, come back in, and it's like, whoa, I can tell the difference. So it really is about just maintaining that safety. And then on top of that, checking in with people. There is a lot more happening in the early morning hours and the late evening hours. Um, We're going shopping after the show tonight, so – uh, instead of going during the middle of the day like we normally would. So a lot of my errands were run either really early or really late. This is one of those moments where I wish you could have done it during the show because you could have done like a man on the street interview and you could have uh, <laughs> talked to some people. <laughs> get their There'd be no one on the street. Everybody be inside. Now, have you I'd have, to get, I'd have to get permission. Yeah, I was going to say, that. have you been tempted in this weather to fry an egg or to bake a brownie outside? Yes, I've, 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 I've been tempted. Um, the, um, the better half of my brain has told me that's a bad idea, and so I have, I have refrained. But, yeah, that's, that, that has crossed my mind. <laughs> that absolutely has. Uh, yeah, but if you are in one of the affected places this weekend, please, for all that is good and holy, just think about what you're doing. Your body will tell you um, when things are kind of going south, but don't wait until that point when it gets too late. Just be smart. And I know a lot of people, uh, I have seen you, especially personal friends of mine who are out there in Vegas right now, uh, who have gone out to the pools and relaxed. They've been out in the sun for quite a bit. Uh, It's all good, but you want to do it in moderation, as they always say. And even then, I know the people who are just like guzzling alcohol. And it's almost like it's worse as when in the winter when it gets really cold and somebody is going to the bar and they're bar hopping and they're like drinking a lot because the body is not going to tell you when it's too hot or too cold. 
And at that point, you may be doing something that's going to be even more harmful to your body, and then you will be at a point of no return. Um, so, yeah, just be careful and take it from Mary, who is actually out there, and that if you're going to Vegas this weekend, if you are going to Arizona, if you are going to California, uh I know even in Texas they are anticipating a little bit of a heat wave, and they're actually telling them uh, they're worried about the, in, the the power and the energy out that way, uh, the, the transformation system that the electricity is on. So for those of you in Texas tonight, um, hopefully things go well this weekend. Um, yeah, a little bit of something going on everywhere. You 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 would used to think that like Florida would be like the hot spot. Uh, now it is out there in the West, but times 10. So uh, speaking of. And a lot of it is going to be different because of the humidity. So that does get, that does play a part um, there. It's a little bit more humid here than it normally is. I, mean, I think that's throwing people off. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of my annual trip out West will be in a few weeks. So a few Friday nights from now, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think last year we was there. We did a show on Friday night. Uh, I think we took I off. I think we took the night off. Yeah. It. I don't know the time of the show yet. It may be a little later than normal. <laughs> but we will try to get the show in. Uh, we may have something, or maybe doing something around nine o'clock. Uh, Central Time or 10 o'clock Eastern. So, um, yeah, so stay tuned in the next few weeks here. Uh, Late July is when uh, I will be out that way. So, yeah, we'll do that. Um, Show tonight, I will tell you, uh, ahead tonight, we've got the retro moment of the week. Uh, hmm. So here's the thing. I was going to have a commentary tonight. I don't know where this is going to go, but I will have a commentary tonight about something that is occurring tomorrow. I was on the top of my head. I was going to write something out. I don't even want to write something out about it. It's just going to come out. And if it comes out and it offends you, uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, but this is the beautiful thing about having your own podcast, paying for your own time, is that you can do that. Um but it is what it is, and it's coming from me. But we'll talk about Juneteenth, which is actually tomorrow. And then also on the show, um, as I kind of teased, is that there was a recent article out about a spouse sharing how they saved their relationship. Uh, it's a step that it's not new, but it's one that we probably want to take a bigger look at tonight probably and see if it actually is something that a lot more couples should be doing. I'll tell you exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, um, actress Misha Barton, uh, she is getting attention for an article that she wrote in a magazine about growing up and experience expectations that were placed upon her. Uh, we'll tell you more about that. Also on the show tonight, do you want to have sex with a celebrity or a prominent person? Uh, we'll tell you what you may have to do beforehand. <laughs> Uh, it will probably surprise you. Excuse me? Well, hey, I will tell you what you have to do. <laughs> okay. And then also, uh, like I said, Retro Moment of the Week, we'll take a look at what's trending. 
And oh, but first, as always, in this time slot is the almanac uh, for this week. Oh. Of course, today, uh, you know, I lose. Am I the only one? I think when we get to summer, I start to lose track of days. Uh, oh, I lost track of days a long time ago. Yeah. And even working from home, uh, I am one of the ones that have been working from home, and unfortunately in the next few weeks we'll be going back. Um, you can tell the excitement. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot more coming out about that, and I know we've talked about it on the show quite a bit about people who are actually quitting their jobs uh, instead of going back. It's gotten that bad. Um, that's, that's saying something where people don't – you. It, it, it upsets you so much about going that you'd rather quit than to go back to work. <laughs> Especially since you've worked from home and it can work from home. I mean, I know that sounded weird, but, like, it does work. There's a way that it works, and it works fine. So why why have them come back into the office other than, Here's the thing. than I, you? I think it's. I think if they allow people to wait until September, I don't think it'll be as bad. I think that the fact that you're asking people to now go back in summer, you know, and now i got to go back into this office. I don't know what it's going to be like in regards to, like, the office and the new circulated air, and I still have things that kind of, like, undone at home, even though, I, yeah, I did have a little bit of time and its adjustments. I think if you let people kind of still work throughout the summer and say, hey, let's all go back in September, I don't think you'll have an issue with that. I really don't. But what do I know? I'm going to totem pole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to that's where you, I'm at, too. <laughs> no, you're high on the totem pole. Um, no. But no, today, no. Today is June 18th. Uh, it is National Want to Get Away Day. Uh, they uh, they say celebrate the freedom to travel with National Want to Get Away Day with so many places to go and people to see. The day gives you the opportunity to spark your travel adventures. Plan a dream vacation. Visit loved ones near and far. Book one, two, or three mini adventures. Uh, in 2021, this year, uh, Southwest Airlines founded National Want to Get Away Day to commemorate the airline's 50th anniversary, uh, which I believe was today. Uh, so, yeah. Um, actually, do you know that Want to Get Away is copyrighted? Um, really? Yes. Want to Get Away is uh, – they coined the phrase Want to Get Away, which is copyright. Yeah. Uh, so we can't use that for our show. <laughs> So we said want to get away with a T. Yeah. I mean, want to or want or however you say it. I mean, some people say that. If you're on the East Coast, like, yeah, I want to get away. You know, like that. We're not using it in a commercial sense. I'm just saying, hey, you want to get away? You want to go somewhere? You know? Uh, Are you asking me on a date? Well, I mean, our date's every Friday night. Um, (laughs) (laughs) thought that was uh I thought that was uh that's a long standing date, right? Yeah, it's that's a long standing date. date. <laughs> Every Friday night. Hey, um, <laughs> <laughs> it is also National Go Fishing Day. 
National Splurge Day. You splurge on anything today? No. <laughs> I had to stop and think. I didn't it is also splurge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, that is going to be one of the things that we will do uh, when I get out to Vegas because Mary has never gone. Uh, so I feel like we should be recording, like, some of these things for, like um, – <laughs> Posterity. <laughs> Posterity. Maybe even do like a live like Instagram and like uh, we'll just go to five below and probably make people uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. <laughs> well, there's also National Wear Blue Day, which is the Friday before Father's Day. Happy Father's Day this weekend to all of you dads out there. And uh, today is also National Flip-Flop Day. Wearing you like both? wearing flip-flops? Yes. <laughs> Asian. Hello. I'm never in actual shoes if I can help it. <laughs> and tomorrow, as we said, is Juneteenth. It is also National Watch Day. Uh, it is National Garfield the Cat Day. Uh, and also <laughs> tonight, tomorrow is National... Free BSD Day. Uh, it, it commemorates the launch date of an innovative technology that many of us still use today. The open source operating system called FreeBSD, developed out of the University of California at Berkeley in 1993, uh, billions of people around the globe use it to teach operating system concepts in universities. Uh, companies also develop products on FreeBSD, and universities use it as a research platform for uh, so pretty much if you're familiar with FreeBSD, there's a good chance that you're already using at least some code derived from it in your everyday life. So, for example, if you stream movies via Netflix or if you chat with friends on WhatsApp or if maybe you play the latest PlayStation 4 game sensation, you're already using FreeBSD. So that is tomorrow. <laughs> and then on Sunday, Sunday this gets a little uh, – Let's see. There's a lot of stuff going on tomorrow. So, I mean, Sunday, okay. sorry. So, June 20th uh, is, I'm going to get this so wrong, and forgive me, it is National Coogan Amon Day. Uh, it celebrates a round, crusty cake made with a yeast-raised dough. Uh, bakers create the cake by folding layers of butter and sugar inward, similar in fashion to a puff pastry or croissants, but with fewer layers. And then they slowly bake the resulting cake until the butter puffs up uh, the dough, creating the layered aspect of it, and the sugar caramelizes. So that is on Sunday. Uh, also, it is American Eagle yummy. Day. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, it is American Eagle Day. It is National Hike with a, with a Geek Day. Almost a Greek. <laughs> it's National Hike with a Geek Day. Um, it is also... Uh, on Sunday, National Vanilla Milkshake Day, uh, National Ice Cream Soda Day, of course, as we stated, Father's Day, it is Turkey Lovers Day, uh, it is National Seashell Day, it is also National Mr. Gummis Day, but you know what, here's the thing, as bad as I want to tell you what that is, uh, I tried to look it up. And the page would not allow me to, so you'll have to look it up yourself. <laughs> uh, and it is, 
is also Anne and Samantha Day, or Summer and Winter Solstice, and it, summer begins. Uh, the longest day of the year is on June 20th. Uh, the reason why National Anne and Samantha Day, uh, it is celebrated biannually on the summer solstice and winter and the winter solstice. Uh, it honors Anne Frank and Samantha Smith. So, yes. Because. Uh, Oh, you want me to really go into the history of it, would you? So pretty much. Well, I, uh, I'm just I'm curious why why Anne Frank on you know and Samantha. So it says. I mean, here, I know why there's. Well, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna tell you to a little a little bit of the story here. I mean, we know the story of Anne Frank, um, mm-hmm. and Samantha Smith. If you are not familiar with, she was the daughter of an instructor of college literature and a social worker. Uh, born in 1972, when she was 10, she sought to understand the Cold War between the U.S. and Russia by writing a letter to the Soviet leader Yuri Andropov. And when the letter was published in the Soviet paper uh, Pravda, she did not receive a response from him. And not to be discouraged, she sent a letter to the Soviet Union's ambassador to the United States asking if there would be a response. And then she received the reply uh, a few months later, and then they talked about the Cold War. Uh, so she soon became known as America's youngest ambassador. She traveled to the Soviet Union and wrote a book about her visit. She traveled the world participating in peacemaking activities and became an actress in a television series called Lime Street. Uh, but sadly, her young life was cut short at the age of 13 when the plane she was traveling in crashed on August 25, 1985. So it's called Anne Samantha Day. So they say to learn more about these two young women who uh, you know, uh, were both young and uh, – you know, did tremendous things that you can read either the diary of a young girl or attend a theater production. Another book to read is Samantha Smith's journey to the Soviet union. Um, so pretty much that is, uh, I don't know why particularly it is biannually for the summer and winter, but that is what they did. And, uh, that's what's on Sunday. So, uh, later in the week, it is uh, Daylight Appreciation Day on Monday. National Arizona Day is on June 21st. Uh, Chocolate Eclair Day is on the 22nd. And National Hydration Day and Pecan Sandy's Day is on the 23rd. So, yeah, those things coming up that's in the Almanac. Um, one of the things – oh, by the way, sad news that I heard about a few hours ago. Uh, John Paragon died at the age of 66. If you don't know the name, then you know what he did. Um, he apparently died on April 3rd, but we're just getting news of it now. Uh, but if you watched Pee-wee's Playhouse back in the 1980s, he was John B. the Genie. No. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So, so tonight. He's coming across. Uh, he's cause of death was atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease with other significant conditions of chronic alcohol abuse. Uh, this is from the Sheriff's Department uh, in Palm Springs. Um, after working on, because uh, he worked with Paul Rubens, uh, he was all, he had to start as a member of the Los Angeles comedy troupe, The Groundlings, um, and they developed a stage version of the Pee Wee Herman show, and after working on that, they took it to TV, uh, like I said, where he was Jombie. 
Uh, and then after that, he went on to direct and write several episodes of the series before appearing in its 2010 stage revival in Los Angeles and on Broadway. And uh, he went on to appear on over TV shows, including Seinfeld and Cheers. And on the film side, he was seen in Honey, I Blew Up the Kid and Echo Park. So, yeah. Well, that's sad. Yeah. Uh, so sad news uh, hearing about that this evening. So, uh, but. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about here in the first few minutes, at least tonight, with you was article that I came across. And actually, sometimes I will share particular things uh, in which I know our youth of America, <laughs> uh, and I usually share uh, – articles ahead of time in regards to things that I find, but there was one this week that came out and it was from the Washington post and they talked, well, the story starts with, uh, Alexi McCammon, who is known as a rising star of journalism. And she was a young reporter who even contributed to NBC and PBS made it to Forbes 30 under 30 list, but little of that mattered in March after she was appointed as editor in chief of team Vogue at the age of 27. Uh, racist and homophobic posts she had tweeted about 10 years earlier resurfaced. And when the readership and staff revolted, she parted ways with her new employer. Now, few people would defend the harmful and even hateful words that she used as a teenager. Clearly, when teens post such things on social media, they need to understand the intense harm such words can cause. And uh, especially, and they also need to learn from and apologize for such behavior. But from the article, it came something about how social media's algorithms tend to amplify drama, promote hateful speech, prioritize negativity. And although in your own life, many parents were intervened that their children didn't say those things, the Internet has evolved or devolved uh, to simultaneously normalizing those things and demanding moral purity, making it unforgiving. But uh, it says, how do we call out hate speech made by children without creating a culture of constraint? And uh, they say, first, we don't want children to say those offensive things online, but we also need to figure out what to do once that happens. But some question whether what children post online and what others post about children should follow them into adulthood, potentially affecting their academic and vocational careers. And as tech companies target younger children with apps like Facebook's Messenger Kids, children go online at even earlier ages. Uh, They say a whole lot of content, whether it's accurate or not, is there with you when you become an adult and digital, <laughs> you know, pretty much it's going to follow you and it could destroy you. So some people are now wondering if uh, we should either hold kids to adult standards or some of those things uh, should probably be deleted over time so that it does not follow you uh, to a place of when you get a little bit older. I have, hmm, I have a little bit of mixed feeling <laughs> because I've always been a firm believer that, you know, when you were – here's the thing. When you were born, I'd like to believe that you're like a blank slate. You know, you don't know any better. You don't know if things are right or wrong or if it, you know, according to this, if it should be wrong, and that you learn it over time from somewhere. You picked it up somewhere, you see and so I think kids today, they don't think about a lot of things, and it just comes right out. You know, as an adult, we've learned over time. It's a different generational gap. You know, I think as you get older, 
The first thing that comes out of your mouth is the first thing that comes out of your mouth. You don't give a rip. <laughs> if you're an adult, you know, you kind of think before you speak, at least some do. And then as a child, you see it, you say it, you don't think about it because, like we said, over recent years, there have been very hurtful words that, you know, some people said growing up about people, but they didn't mean it in the gesture it meant. But now, as you and I both know, there's a lot more people who go on social media to spout their feelings about people and don't think about it, and then there it is. And I guess my question here tonight is um, should we judge – well, I guess there's two things here. Should we judge people for who they are now or who they were years or decades ago? Because if there's been a change and someone in the not knowing youth, you know, just doing stuff or dumb things at that time stage says something and they put it there and it's still there and not erased or it got out and we see it, now we're judging it. If that makes sense, and if that question even made sense, I know where you're going, and that's where that's all that matters, right? Um, that's a hard one because if you, there are people that are young adults. We'll do it that way, between 18 and 22, that are saying things that are probably inappropriate as well that should not follow them along, um, but in the same breath, you're right. They had to learn it from somewhere. So if they're saying it, then somebody's not catching that they're saying it or correcting that they're not, that they're saying it, or they're teaching them that's what's supposed to be said, or, you know, that's what they think kind of thing. Um, At some point they have to be held accountable. Now, should a 13 year old have, their internet social media history come back and bite them in the behind at 35. No, there should be some kind of, you know, like, Hey, they were 13. Um, In the same token, in the same breath though, they need to learn. I guess, I guess that I, I have uh, benefited from being older because I don't have to go back and look at my, you know, social media history as far. I, I stay off a lot of social media, and even the further back you go, like, you can look at my stuff. It's the same thing that I do now, and I have no problem saying what I say online that I do in person. And that should be the gold standard. That should be, like, if you're going to put it out online, you need to be able to stare somebody in the face that you know that will probably upset and be able to say it. If you can't and you can't defend that, then you should not be putting that out there. You know what I'm saying? Um, Is it right? No. Some of that speech people will do and will look you in the face and and say that and and be that person. And not that I respect them for that or anything, but I respect the fact that they would defend their stance. Now, in that case, because they're defending their stance, they're 100% owning it, yeah, hold it against them. I don't know. It, it's it's a very hard line to draw because in one way it's like, yeah, we should. And another way, no, we shouldn't. And then if we don't, should we do this? It For every problem it solves, three more problems arise, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I, I can't give a good answer. 
Yeah, this is one of those ones tonight where I know where a lot of people probably was going to look for a definitive answer. And it's like you're right. It's one of those things where I would hope that in this age and time now, where kids, like it said, are a lot more younger going on social media, that parents sit down with their kids before. Yeah, because I know of a lot of parents that can control uh, what their kids do via social media or what they they do. And and I hope that parents, before giving the keys to your kids to have these social media pages, uh, sit down and talk with them about how important it is that what you say and what you do on these platforms could down the line come back and rear its ugly head if it's something really bad. So, you know, if you have something not too kind to say, you know, it is best that you just keep it off of social media because this is the world that we are now in. You know, it is going to judge you uh, based off of the little things that you do on social media. It's now a timeline of our history. Uh, in the moment timeline, and of you, not yours, but people who have pages or what they do, because it's amazing to me when someone says something and how quickly somebody can go to somebody's uh, Twitter page or their Facebook page and find something that they said almost ten years ago that is questionable. And it was in mere moments. Like, they just, like, able to do it. So for the kids of today, while I know that they like to use certain words, do certain things, I hope that parents sit them down and say, hey, keep in mind, what you put on there is your, in a way, your history. This is where we talk about adapting to the changes in the world. This is now one of them. And uh, I think that when they start at an early age, uh, parents should really be monitoring. I hate to be like the sheriff looking over, you know, stuff, but they should really be monitoring what their kids do. Uh, more that's, or less that's the out, point of the parents' I know, you don't want job, to do I think. Yeah, yeah it's part of the job. You, you, you know, like, but, but, you know, they, you they really do, do have that. to, like, you, you really do have to, and I know that's not, this is going to sound harsh, but that's it's the same way as parents would oversee somebody's phone conversation. As much mm-hmm. as I would love to think that my parents were not listening in on me when I was talking to my friends, as a parent, I know they were. Like, regardless of whether they tell me so or not, they had an extra ear that was listening out. It's the same ear that I listen out for my kids, you know. Um, and 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 think I think that's gonna be part of the job. If now instead of having that extra ear, you have to be tech savvy. You have to be on there and and knowing what the kids are saying and understanding the slang. And maybe if you don't understand all of it, getting most of it so that you can get the rest of it figured out. Um, stuff like that. I know I, I know that that's kind of a that's something that we're gonna have to do. It is what it is, you know. And it's a new world. Uh, definitely, kids do have to be more careful what they put. 
Is, you know, I remember a commercial a long time ago where people were saying that people do judge you by the words that you use, and definitely it still stands true. So definitely what we put on social media. Uh, and even then, it's a lesson learned for all of us to think before we speak because we don't know that the words that we use could hurt. Uh, and we have to learn those words. And speaking of those words, uh, not a commentary officially because I didn't really write anything. Uh, tomorrow is June 19th, which is Juneteenth, and there has been a lot of news about Juneteenth. Uh, in the news, uh, especially over the last few days. And with the president now signing into an act uh, making Juneteenth an official holiday, uh, he signed the Juneteenth National Independence Day Act. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Juneteenth, uh, and people will say, oh, this just came up a few years ago. No, it did not. Trust me. As a person who knows, it, it did not. Uh, but it is the it's on the anniversary date of the June 19, 1865 announcement of General Order Number 3 by Union Army General Gordon Granger proclaiming freedom for slaves in Texas. Uh, I think one of the things, and like I said, I did not write a formal commentary. Everything's coming off the top of my head. But in the opening, uh, I guess, hours uh, of hearing about the act being signed into law, uh, of course, you get a lot of people from a lot of different viewpoints uh, who either applaud it, and amazingly, those who had something negative to say and did not, which to me, you know, if you did have something negative to say, I don't know how you could be negative about an event in our nation's history that uh, really started to put us on a map, and I know I'm going to use this term really, really tightly, of being equal. Uh, well, some would say that's still not the case, but it was a, an act in which people found out two years after the fact that they were free. And as I said many times before, this nation still, which is a young nation by, you know, age, uh, and is still growing, does have its warts. And one of the things is that we can't get through those without actually looking back at our past so that we don't make those same mistakes in the future. This act and this holiday, uh, I hope, serves as a learning period, just like the holiday for Dr. King, just like the holiday for Columbus Day, which some people want to get rid of, just like other holidays, it's there for a reason, which is for a period of learning. It is not for a period of being negative about something or trying to, uh, the proverbial way of sweeping something under the rug, because let's face it, it is a fact of our history. Just as other things that we don't look too kindly on and that we were embarrassed about are a part of our history. But the thing is, is that you can't get past it if you don't talk about it and work through it and make sure that it does not happen again. Now, for those who don't want to hear about Juneteenth and don't really care about it and think differently, then do what you normally do on that day. It's a federal holiday. Do what you normally would do on any other federal holiday. But I would just say this in closing, is that when we talk about a period in our nation's history of gaining freedom, Next time, think about that on the 4th of July when we talked about freedom from other people. Just a quick thought. But that's my thoughts on the subject. Hopefully tomorrow 
you will at least, as some people say, on June 19th, if you are not aware of it, some things that you can do on that date is maybe go back and go through the Emancipation Proclamation or watch documentaries about the announcement in Texas. Juneteenth Jamboree by PBS is a great one. Uh, there's also a book called A Time to Be Remembered, a Juneteenth story written by Hank Gray. You can attend a festival if you are in Texas and, you know, talk to people about, you know, experiences that their family told them about Juneteenth. And then you'll understand why it is important to others. The only way that we're ever going to learn about other cultures and other people is to uh, involve ourselves and listen and maybe just maybe. Uh, we will be at a point where people always talk about us being apart. Maybe we'll be a little closer together. Just a thought. We will be back on the other end. Uh, retro moment of the week coming up, and then we will return with more page one. Thanks so much for listening tonight. We will return here in just a couple of minutes. The world is unfair to a dieter. Who can stay on a diet when this is all there is to eating? Now, from the Edward Dalton Company, comes today's new way to diet. Good Measure, the world's first 300-calorie diet dinners. Now you can actually eat full meals, like meat, potatoes, gravy, twice a day, and still lose as much weight as you would with the well-known liquid diets. Impossible? Until now, the Edward Dalton Company discovered how to control calories in full meals, like beef stew, so each dinner is precisely 300 calories as nutritionally complete as a meal can be. Here's a diet not too steep to stick to. Eat an average breakfast. For lunch and dinner, enjoy full meals of good measure beef stew, chicken with noodles, or chili con carne, and still lose as much weight as you would with the well-known liquid diets. Dieters rejoice with good measure diet dinners. Beautiful Sal was a stone-hearted gal, refusing to bill or to coo. But Clem was right smart, he appealed to her heart with that gal getting good old Mountain View. Yahoo! Mountain View! <coughs> Mountain View will tickle your innards cause there's a bang in every bottle. At the county turkey shoot, cause Luke warn't worth a hoot. He was hopeless till he finally took the cue. Yahoo! Mountain Dew! Now he shoots off the cup. It's more'n enough after nipping at that good old Mountain Dew. Sure is shooting, there's a bang in every bottle of our delicious soft drink, Mountain Dew. It'll tickle your innards. You're listening to Page One with LeVar and Mary on Block Talk Radio. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. And 
welcome back to page one with LeVar and Mary. Everyone, uh, I guess you can have some Mountain Dew to tickle your innards while you're <laughs> eating that diet dinner of meat and potatoes or chili concurrent. <laughs> exactly. 300 calories. I was like, there's no way that you can fit all of that in at 300 calories unless you just, like, stripped away all Oh, no, there good absolutely things. is. I'm sure there is. It's just probably, you know, crap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That is exactly what it is. Oh, my. Yeah, that commercial, actually, uh, both from the 50s, the Mountain Dew one was from the mid-50s, so... Uh, yeah, uh, interesting times there. I'm surprised they didn't say that it was like FDA recommended or, you know. FDA approved. <laughs> yeah, one in, <laughs> nine and ten doctors approved of this dinner. <laughs> right. Um, so, interesting article on BuzzFeed this week. Uh, there was an article about a lady here who said that her and her husband had been married for seven years. And they still keep their finances separate. Uh, they had got used to separate bank accounts and credit cards while dating, and it just didn't make sense to change everything up just because they signed a uh, piece of paper. She said, I knew pulling your money and calling it even was the norm, but it felt complicated and uneven. While the system works great for us, it might not be for everyone, and there's no right way, to, one right way to manage money as a couple. It all comes down to what works best for the individuals involved. Uh, she said that she is a saver in a penny pension. Watching a portion of her paycheck going to her savings and IRA every month, she said it makes her strangely happy. Well, I'm down to splurge on a pricey ticket to, uh, she said, the Beirut or Spring Wardrobe refreshed. I like seeing things like paying for a coffee shop latte or uh, eating out regularly as a waste of money. And she said her husband is the opposite. He's free and easy with his money, lives in the moment. If he's craving tacos, he's getting tacos, regardless of what his bank account looks like or how many times he's eaten out that week. So in short, she says, I'm playing the long game while his motto is life is short. We kind of balance each other out. And she says she loves that he doesn't have the uh, scarcity uh, mentality that she does, but she can't imagine the arguments that it would have endu- uh, endured had it gone a traditional route and shared the money. Um, so... She said that she likes knowing that she could take care of herself if something happened, and she says she's not naive, and she believes that they'll make it till death do them part. But money is not a factor in a relationship, which cuts their fighting in half. As money continually ranks as one of the top reasons couples fight, usually right after sex, but it's a boot point. Uh, and yet, she said when she had bought up when he bought up buying another snowboard, she didn't say a word. And he extended her the same regard when she splurged with a pair of $180 silk pajamas. Uh, but she says that having their own money keeps the romance alive and uh, that it isn't complicated. To start out, they had separate savings and checking accounts and credit cards. Uh, there's just one joint credit card for all things, and they call it their team card. And they put everything that involves both of them, such as gas, travel, uh, groceries, ordering in, uh, in that one uh, Each month they pay off the team cart in full And she sends him a Venmo request for his half And uh, Yeah they also split the cost Of big joint purchases like cars Furnitures and trips they go on together And 
She says the no-to-money approach seems heartless, but it's a lot more human when it sounds, such as when he couldn't pay his credit card in full, she transferred him the money, and he paid her back when he could. And he did the same for her. So, uh, <laughs> as, oh, I, I don't know. What did you think after seeing this? Is this something that couples should start doing, or is this something that uh, is only going to work if both people kind of start off that way and agree to – I don't I don't even really know where to go with this because it, it, I, I know the traditional route of, hey, when we get married, you know, this is how it goes. You should trust each other to work through the decisions, and that's part of marriage is – compromise, give and take, and working things together. It's partnership. But then again, if it cuts back on less fights, do they have something there that a lot of people should be doing? Are you asking for my opinion or what I would, because my opinion is do what you got to do. Yeah, the the opinion is do what you got to do. If it works for you, it works for you. Um, When it comes down to it, though, um, I have been part of a marriage. I know, shocking. Um, but that marriage ended up failing, and we did combine everything. We did the traditional route, and there were arguments. There were plenty of arguments of why did you spend the money on that when we have this, and hey, why are you controlling the um, checkbook? I don't know how much money we have, and oh well, I think the bills aren't getting paid. And well, yeah, they are, but you know, we have all these other bills that have to be paid too, and that was a major headache. What will I do going forward? If and that's a very big if, I end up getting married again. Even if I don't get married again, and I end up in a relationship that's been that would be very significant and something that is um, more permanent, yeah, I I probably would keep everything separate and then do a team card and do a team, um, like, checking account that everything can go into that needs to be covered by both. And then, yeah, I'd keep my stuff on my end and they can keep their stuff on their end and, I can't tell them what to spend their money on and they can't tell me what to spend my money on. And then when it comes down to it, as long as everything that's joint is taken care of, I have no arguments. It's almost as good. It's better. It's it's better than like an allowance, you know, because then somebody's in charge of that. And I put allowance in quotes, obviously. It seems but like having there something that's is, joint with it. Right. It seems like there's a lot more of that going on. Um, seems like they're with these, I call it the new age couples. <laughs> you know, I'm wondering <laughs> how, you know, I don't hear of a lot of older people who have had that issue and were able to, uh, I guess, too, it was different times. But even then, you know, even in the era in which the man worked, the woman was at home, you know, I guess there would be some arguments with that uh, because especially if the guy wants to go out and get something and then the wife is like, no, we got to save. And then they kind of feel like, Hey, I worked hard for it. I should be able to do this. And it will create some tension 
but even then, I guess I guess every situation is going to be different, and I, I think it's like a new generation type thing. Um, but I guess it all depends on the couple. You know, that couple is uh, if they're game for that and it works that way. Um, it makes me wonder what would happen if. I don't know. I throw a lot of things out there. Like, you know, would it be bad if um, someone made six figures a year and the other person only made, you know, less than 40000 you are like, nope, we're keeping it all separate, you know? <laughs> or you pay me back, you know, I make, you know, twice as much as you do. And I wonder how that would work if it works out that way. And it makes me wonder in that article uh, if they both make the same amount or how that actually goes. Because I would think, too, somebody would probably say that the other person would be cruel if they made almost two to three times more than somebody else and still kept separate accounts on everything. Yeah, yeah well, I, I guess I guess that's, again, it comes back down to um, whether or not those end up being accounts that you can – as long as everything gets taken care of, I don't care. You know, it's one of those, and maybe our, the older generation doesn't have the same issues, but I, if you were asking if an older generation couple that was divorced that had the same problem, like a divorcee from that was an older generation, I think that they would be, they would say the same thing. It's they're used to having their money. I don't care if the person that I'm with makes more money than I do. Bravo. And it shouldn't come to if the person that I'm with shouldn't be bothered by um, what I make. Would you be bothered, though? Because if, if they are, then we have problems. Would, would it bother you, though, if the person made more money and they said, hey, you know what? Let's do a trip to Rome. And they were able to pay it off right then and right there, and you couldn't pay it off right away. And then they said, "Oh, that's good. that's fine. I'll pay it for you, but just pay me back over time." <laughs> no. No. I, but I, no, I, I guess no. I wouldn't have that problem. But that's also like I don't know. I, I just I don't I don't see where that would be an issue. But I also am one of those people, I'm one of those people that I've, I've had to be on my own, you know, like I've had to deal with my stuff for a while. So because I have, I appreciate that somebody else is taking care of their stuff. And if they, if they want to pay for my trip, great. If they don't, then they said, Hey, if you can't afford it, I'm going and you're not. Well, now that would be a little, you know, sus, but, uh, in the same token, if they were like, hey, I want to go to Rome. I really want you to go. I know you might not be able to handle it right now, or can you handle it right now? And if you can't, okay, then save up so that we can get to Rome. And that right. should be the discussion that happens, not it sucks to be you. I'm going on my own. <laughs> Bye, see you. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll be in first class. Come see me when you're done. In your economy yeah. ticket. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Um, let's take a quick look at what's trending tonight. Uh, it's mostly sports. Uh, a lot of things going on. Uh, Trey Young is the top trending uh, story here as the Atlanta Hawks point guard finished with a game-high 34 points, 12 assists. 
But Atlanta failed to bring their playoff series to an end in game six as they fell to the Philadelphia 76ers 104-99. So that will set up the game seven. Uh, Joe Embiid, who's number two on the top trending, had 22 points, 13 rebounds. And also Sixers guard Tyrese Maxey put up 16.7 rebounds. He is number three trending. Uh, Ben Simmons is at number five. AEW Dynamite, which is going on tonight, is also trending. Uh, SmackDown is trending. And then uh, one of uh, the other thing that's trending is Catholic, as the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops voted to draft a statement, Holy Communion, that may admonish Catholic politicians who support abortion rights. Um, I have a comment to be made there, but I am going to go on. Uh, <laughs> Luca is also trending. Uh, the new Disney and Pixar animation Luca is now streaming on Disney Plus. Um, and then also trending tonight, Tyson, as in Mike Tyson, as Logan Paul. I don't know if he took one too many hits to the head, uh, but he believed that he can beat Mike Tyson. He said, quote, he's old, old. I saw Mike Tyson uh, <laughs> doing some sparring. I really hope that He's Mike Tyson gonna be dead. that fight off. I hope he doesn't hold I, back. I hope this is not a stunt. You and me both, I really hope Mike Tyson says yes to that. <laughs> I hope and Mike no, Tyson takes him out. And, and no headgear. See if then you'll call him old, old. <laughs> you know it's a play. Like, you know it's a stunt. He's going to be looking like... Uh, uh, was the first guy in Mike Tyson's punch out where it's like after you put a glass Joe. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah, it's yeah. it's a total stunt. It's a hundred percent a stunt. Uh, it's just made boxing a little bit of a joke. It's, it's like I said, I hope Mike does it, and there is actually judges. And no last-minute hanky-panky where you like, oh, there's no judges. This is we already knew as soon as you said no judges for the last fight what was going to happen. That you were pretty much going to get punched around a little bit, but not too hard. Because I would like to think Floyd Mayweather would have knocked him out if he could have. I would like to think that if he had that chance, uh, I actually think the fight made Mayweather look bad, even though he was laughing all the way to bank. But I was like, I would have put him away in the first round. Mike Tyson. Even now, at was he almost fifty something years old? I, I, I would, I still think that he would probably put him out in the first round if you allowed Mike to fight the way Mike wants to fight. <laughs> right, that's right. what's going to happen. So, uh, anyway, that's what's trending tonight. Uh, we had a couple more stories as we're headed to the top of the hour, and I guess I will ask my friend: uh, Should we cut one for next week, or should we just go with both? Um, how do you feel about them? Do you think they're going to be short little topics? Because you know me, we're never short. No, I don't think the Misha Barton one. <laughs> I think that we could probably move that one to next week. So we'll move the Misha Barton one uh, to next week. This is the, this is the cool thing about the show, because we actually uh, can do that type of stuff on the fly. Um, so we'll do that one next week. We promise you we'll bring that one back up because there's an interesting uh, story that I wanted to add to that. Uh, so I do promise you we'll do that. One quick note, next 411 Lounge coming up on Sunday, July 11th, 9 o'clock Eastern time, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, my guest will be Karen Fisher. Uh, definitely tune in for that one. That's coming up. We'll 
mention it here over the next few weeks, uh, but that's coming up in July. But a uh, story came out this week, uh, and it kind of talks about the backstory. And I don't know, uh, this was from a BuzzFeed uh, article, but uh, about a young lady who was going to a house party in L.A. And when they got there, uh, they talked about the person uh, that whose house they were going to, and that that person, their friends, were doing some drugs, uh, weed as well as coke. Uh, and that the guy seemed really into uh, into it with her, all over, talking with her, flirting with her. And then later that night, uh, the friend said that she wanted to go home, and she called an Uber, and the other girl planned on going with her, but she says, I'm not going to ruin the night for you to stay. So she stayed, and that handsome, tanned actor's attention turned to her. And he asked her, do you want to go upstairs? And she said yes, where they smoked more weed, and he offered her coke again. Although she didn't like cocaine, uh, she said the movie star strikingly blue eyes, she found herself agreeing, and she said that she'll just do a few lines, which even if I liked you, I wouldn't be doing that. Uh, so when he asked her if they wanted to make out, she said, okay. And then he told her that I'm going to have to ask you to sign this piece of paper first, handing her a non-disclosure agreement on formal letterhead. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, of course, what the hell is this? And he says, it's just standard. Everybody asks for them to make sure that you don't talk about anything that happened tonight and talk about it to the press. The two-page NDA also stipulated that she couldn't talk about the agreement itself. She said, I thought it was weird. He asked for it after we had been doing drugs and getting wasted. Like, this is the moment you asked for an NDA? I tried to read it even though I was super wasted just to try to make sure what it was talking about. Then I said, what's the worst that could happen? I'll just sign it. And they say that her experience isn't unique. It seems to be more and more common to be asked to sign NDAs before one-night stands or romantic relationships with celebrities and other prominent people, according to four entertainment lawyers that this article spoke to, including Gloria Allred and uh, Dinah Perez, as well as publicists Jeremy Lemire and Michael uh, Whitaker. And women who've been asked to sign them, and it's just, not just men who are doing the asking. Some women celebrities have also been asking for sign NDAs before sex. Uh, on an episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta that aired in January, star Candy Burris claimed that she requires NDAs before threesomes. In a Bravo video, uh, Real Housewives of the Potomac star Giselle Bryant said that I think it's an excellent idea, and it made me think, like, Candy, I might want to throw myself into your threesome because I know no one's going to find out. Well, now everybody just did. Uh, because many NDAs are secret, rumors about them abound, and they were – the person who did the article said that she was told of an A-list pop star who bought his PR person to hand out NDAs at clubs to men he wanted to sleep with, an actor who used these agreements in his pursuit of teenage boys, and an NFL player who requires all of his girlfriends, even celebs, to sign them. Confirming an NDA's existence, however, is extremely difficult. Uh, they're only revealed when someone leaks them to the media as a person allegedly did with Charlie Sheen's pre-sex NDA in 2015. So... Uh, perhaps the most famous sex-related NDA controversy uh, is with Stormy Daniels and Donald Trump. Uh, so they said pre-sex NDAs are meant to protect the celebrity, not the person signing. So it's if you had that situation and it was a celebrity that you really, really wanted to sleep with, would you sign the NDA? Depends. I mean, if it's somebody that I really, really, really wanted to speak with or sleep with, 
I mean, I would be leaning towards yes, but I would I would also be of all of my faculties and reading the NDA and what I'm allowed to say and not say because, well, sorry, I would love to say that I did. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I don't blame celebrities and famous people for doing that because people like to blackmail and get a lot of money and by legally holding and that's sad now because in this world I think if it was like 50 years ago I think some people would have had a sense of decency and not really said anything for like 10, 15, 20 years um, but nowadays people look to get paid that's just how society is and if somebody slept with a famous person the first thing they want to do is shout it from the rooftops and explain everything in every graphic detail. And I really don't blame them if they want to. And that's sad now. We have to live in a world where you got to sign something before you sleep with somebody who is a little bit more prominent. But I don't blame them for it. Would I sign it if it was somebody that I really want to sleep with? <sighs> yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, it. that's what I'm saying. It would – more than likely, I would. Mm-hmm. More than so, likely, I would sign it. Yeah. I would sign it. So, yeah, that's an interesting uh, <laughs> story into that one. But uh, like I said, next week, uh, next Friday night, we'll be back here with you at 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. Uh, we will definitely have, and we do apologize tonight for time here, but we will share that Misha Barton story uh, with you. And then, of course, we'll have all the latest news that happens throughout the week. Uh, any shout-outs tonight? Um, not to a particular person, but to a lot of different people. So uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, um, the mm-hmm. dads, the granddads, the uncles, the father figures, the women who are pulling double duty, like all y'all, awesome. Like, enjoy the day, um, celebrate the day, and I hope that your kids have a moment to enjoy and celebrate the day with you. What Mother's Day is for. No, definitely happy Father's Day, all the fathers out there, and also happy Juneteenth. Uh, I think uh, happy birthday to Paul McCartney, who uh, had a birthday. So, uh, but of course, no. to all of you, yes, uh, and to all of you, stay warm. Not stay warm. Stay cool. <laughs> stay safe, definitely. Uh, and we will see you next week. Actually, I think next week is that the last week of June, or I think that's the last week of June next week. Um, oh, you're asking I, me questions that I don't have answers yep, to. No, I'm correct. Next week is the last week. Of, <laughs> no, next week is the last week of June. Uh, so yeah, the last week of June that we will be with you. And then after that starts July. So lots going fast. Uh, but definitely as always in closing, be kind to each other. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week here on page one. Have a great week.
page one. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple. 